actually have a uh, a stinger for you if you if you want another little stinger. Hit us. Road sodas. Nice. It's not, it's not actually a beer. I'm sorry. It's a it's at an actual soda. It's a moxie. Oh shit. Yeah. Well, we'll fire it off here. Welcome to Road Sodas. I'm your host Jimbo Shaw and I'm your host Ben Warden. Welcome. Uh this this episode's going to be coming out uh, around Jimbo's birthday. So in honor of that, I'm going to be quietly eating four hot dogs while we <laughs> Uh, that's you know that's that's a real treat man i yeah i wasn't expecting that one you know i i could have i could have guessed that there there might be some some nice beer canned beers being had but you know the the old hot dogs and mustard it gets me every time yep so that's just a treat for you uh the listener obviously doesn't get to watch uh see that, that that's fun at home try and guess what i'm eating that'll be fun huh huh I bet you like. I bet you like that. I bet you like that. Ugh. I bet you like that. Ugh. I I'm pretty sure you know there will be times when you're you're talking and eating, and it still might be hard to tell. Uh, I've been training for this my entire uh, freaking life. Well, your adult life, like your your life on your own, because if there's one thing I know about you and and your diet, it's that you give no fucks and that that goes for like awake but also asleep and and probably even more ravenous asleep so you may notice that that plate's got four hot dogs and only three buns i took five hot dogs home from work from leftover from our fourth of july your hot dog factory job that you have i stole them straight off the line and I took home an eight pack of buns. If you're if you're counting at home, yeah, you you're supposed to have three buns left over here. Instead, I ate all of those hot dog buns in my sleep. <laughs> then I went to work and stole another eight pack of hot dog buns, and I proceeded to eat four of them in my sleep. So I already had one hot dog before the call because I couldn't go in dry. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I had some cold cuts. Yeah, so I'm down to three dogs. In buns, one dog down the hatch, regular style. I, I mean, you can eat it uh, competition style. We just had the July 4th. Uh, I, we missed Nathan's, the actual on-site Coney Island hot dog eating contest. I think they may have done one online, but I I don't know. I've been so checked out of basically anything competitive. It's It's terrible. Yeah, it's tough out there. Yeah, and by cold cuts, I actually ate... Uh, unheated s'mores a stale graham crackers with with finger split marshmallows on top of cold cold hershey's chocolate gotta love an artisan split yeah well that, i mean that that's how you make a s'more when uh when you don't have time to turn on the stovetop and wait 30 seconds for a nice toasted marshmallow hell yeah also in honor of your birthday i didn't get you anything because I don't like to get you frivolous shit that you don't need. But I found a thing back in, like, March that I was trying to get you really fucking hard. I, uh, for whatever reason, I was looking up uh, Yingling merch. Don't Doesn't matter why. Uh, well, I mean, I know why. <laughs> we all know why, because Yingling's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's the beer of our childhoods. And... 
I came upon a dude selling a Yingling branded rugby jersey. Oh. On Let Go. Wow. <laughs> Which, so then I was like, all right, well, if there's one, there's more, obviously. I have not been able to find even a picture of other ones. I found bike jerseys, shirts, all sorts of shit. It's the only rugby jersey I've seen a picture of. It looks legit, like with a big sewn patch right in the middle. The the sort of brown and tan stripes are the are the colors of it. Woo. And th- this motherfucker is in the middle of Florida. And it's let go, which I didn't quite realize. You're supposed to only do those transactions in person. It's a, it's not a shipping platform, right? Yeah, I've never used it, but that's how, it's like Craigslist. Yeah, so the dude wanted 15 bucks, which is extremely reasonable, right? So I messaged him, and I was like, hey, I'm in California, but... I need this. I, I gotta this have this. This has to be mine. And so I tried to use the whole lockdown situation as a, like, hey, I would go get this. <laughs> wow. But I can't. And I was having this long back and forth with this dude. I ended up offering him 50 bucks for this fucking shirt, and he would not give it to me. And he's being a real fucking prick about it. And pretty sure his name was John McClain, which, I mean... Come on. That's insane. Yeah. To have John McClain not be, like, friendly to you. Does he think you're, like, a Gruber? Are you the third Gruber brother? And he's just like, well, this is the last key to his scheme is a yingling jersey. (laughs) I have no fucking idea. This is the first I'm hearing of this. I haven't even seen a picture for it. But, yeah, I'd pay $100 for what you just described. (laughs) Well, it's still fucking available. Like... I checked last week. It's still like it's still posted. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> that's where I'm at. That you know, I I would make room in my closet for that, and by closet I mean that that tiny thing that has a door in my room that doesn't really fit hangers or, or clothes or or even shoes the wrong way. But yeah, I would make room for that. Goddamn right. I'd never fucking take it off. Who who are we kidding? That's more what I was thinking. It, I mean, it looks. It's your size. It looks good. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna strike again on this fucker. So I still got you know <laughs> like a few a few weeks before it's your birthday. I'm gonna come back and be like, hey, it used to be worth fifty. Now it's worth forty, motherfucker. <laughs> you some bitch. <laughs> oh man, awesome. I mean, I guess Yingling does have that brewery down there in Florida. So it's not out of the question to have them sponsor some sort of men's team. But, you know, of all the jerseys that I've worn, like rugby jerseys, like anything with a liquor logo, got to be like tip top. And then if it's your favorite alcoholic beverage, uh, even better. Yeah, even if you search Yingling rugby jersey, some of the top hits are Guinness rugby jerseys, which is not even close. Well, Google understands that it's beer. I guess. So, I mean, Google's learning. I suppose. That's nice. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. Is uh, Sherman on the march? I think he is. Before we before before we get into that, I forgot to really do the intro. This is uh, welcome to Road Soda. We 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 said our names. I don't know if we said the name of the of what this is. This is a Road Sodas, and this is where uh, James and I discuss shirts from Florida. Yeah, 
Yeah, and <laughs> and the the strange uh, adherence to the policies of let go. I mean, talk shit on Floridians all you want. The guy is following the rules, so yeah. Well, in this regard, at least, it's at a detriment to himself because, <laughs> well, his thought process is: I need a box and tape and a printer to to ship this. No. Uh-uh. It's not how this works. What I got to do is pay the shipping myself and email him. I'll, you know what? I'll print out the label and mail it to him. <laughs> Dude, mail him a whole fucking box in, like, one of those padded envelopes that you can do with a stamp. Like, just fold it up and then unfold this, put box in, please, like, use some tape, and then send back. I'll include some some tape that's taped to itself. <laughs> well, you already print the shipping label on the box, and then it's just you, all you have to do is close the box, man. That's it. Please spit on this until adhesion is achieved. Uh, I mean, that's how they bond things in Florida, man. They're spitting on them. That's how they keep that whole peninsula attached uh, up to Macon County. There, you got a. Uh... That's a lot right. of spit on that. I'm not even going to say the name of that border because of that shitty band. Ah, uh, there's a swamp over there. I think it's um, is that the dismal one? I mean, yes, maybe lowercase d. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take De- that. <laughs> definitely lowercase d. Anyway, uh, to uh, what you mentioned earlier, I do believe uh, that I hear some troops. Yeah, Sheridan's uh, pulling up on the left flank. Yeah, this is some correspondence. Sent from James to myself, May 1st, 2018, two years ago. The message, East Coast Geese. The contents follows thusly. My favorite mammal. I may have mentioned that when Papa and I were chaperoning Carlin around Golden Gate, we saw a man and a child feeding a goose from their hands. The same thought came to us both, that we are in an alternate reality, because this does not happen. The only three human-goose interactions I'm aware of are Goose attacks anything indiscriminately Goose stops traffic like a boss Goose gets killed by my father's terrible golf skill Surely this man and child were geese in their former lives Or at the very least, can speak goose now Needless to say, Carlin could not give a shit less Actually, he shit right after we saw that abomination Maybe his commentary on the cross-species interaction Regardless, I was flustered and still am It wasn't until my half-asleep, 43-degree bike ride that my perception of geese started to trend back towards reality. I'm crossing Rio Carlos at the North Beacon Street Bridge when out of my periphery I see a full-grown man running from a goose not 10 feet behind and gaining. This goose was not just perturbed, it was half Bobcat Goldthwaite, half Liam Neeson from Taken. It knew exactly what it was doing like Liam and made 14 of the worst tones I've ever heard like Bobcat. That, coupled with the rain and car horns, brought me back to nice, depressing reality. In the back of my brain, however, I still see that man, child, and goose peacefully coexisting and know that this is still a dream. You know how I know? Because the Eagles are still Super Bowl champions. Procrastinatingly yours, Jay. Oh, man. Yeah, my dad uh, sucks at golf so much that it kills geese. That's powerful suction. It is. It is. Yeah, I, I guess that was where I really started thinking about the alternate reality that that we are we are currently in. Yeah, you you touched on it last episode and a couple episodes back. We discussed you uh, helping me move, which is when you were 
simultaneously watch, watching Carlin, which was the dog that was staying. This whole podcast is coming full circle like we planned this thing or something. Oh, uh, yeah. Carlin yeah. being my in-law's dog that James and Papa briefly had to take emergency custody of. Oh, we had a great afternoon. Are you kidding me? You gave us a Lexus and a dog? And it's like, oh, the dog can't get into your apartment. Go drive around town. Hang out in the park. Oh, cool. It was sweet. I had to take my then girlfriend to the emergency room. (laughs) And she's fine. For uh, those of you who aren't her, which I believe is Joan, she's fine. Yeah. (laughs) I've now addressed our listeners. (laughs) All right. So Ben sent me a reply on May 3rd. 2018. My brochin from another ocean. This is Bob Dylan to me. Pros of the most high. Speaking of high, I just had a scrapple sandwich on an Amorosa roll and got a solid Delaware Valley buzz going. I can't thank you enough for you and Papa's swift handling of the dog situation. That was a real fuck shit of an ass day. I went to St. Louis for work and my conclusion is as follows. Eh, everyone there is all, hey pal, drink a Budweiser like it isn't available all over the goddamn world. I proudly ordered Coors just to see the feathers on those cowboy hat wearing five finger death punch listening up to nine teeth having yokels. I will admit that it was the first town I've gotten to eat meatloaf covered in sausage gravy. So I guess I can't write it off entirely. I went to Merck in West Point PA for work again. And my conclusion is as follows eating by yourself at a table at an Outback Steakhouse in Montgomery, PA, is not as funny as you think it will be. However, submitting seven Wawa receipts to be reimbursed by your company is as funny as you think it will be. Until next time, stay alive. No matter what occurs, I will find you. Currently mustachioedly yours, Ben, in italics. P.S. I'm now using the term small business owner to mean someone who has a tiny wiener. I thought you'd want to know. Oh, wow. That was, uh, that was a real good one. It was, it was a real good time. That, that whole spring, going out to San Francisco, we had driven across the country and actually uh, flown down, then helped you move. Ah, how's that dog doing? Is he uh, he's still afraid of stairs? But, like, loves to please the crowd? You good? Huh. Yeah, sorry. I, uh, I, I, You froze there, and then all the words came back at high speed. Like, you kind of kinked a hose and then unkinked it, and they all came rushing out. It was interesting. I mean, the listener's not going to hear any. The, to the listener, it's going to be as smooth as eggs. Because uh, we have the recording on your end. But for, uh, for me, that was a real treat. But yes... That was a great time. You did a lot of San Francisco. You did a lot of travel that that summer. And uh, I was curious, when I wrote that email, did you catch uh, the second to last line or the the last line before the sign-off? What that's a reference to? No matter what occurs, I will find you. Well, including the stay alive part. Yeah, stay alive. No matter what occurs, I will find you. I'm pretty sure Liam Neeson said that uh, once or twice. It's uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Last of the Mohicans. Aha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So similar vibe. Yeah. Well, I feel better being Madeline Stowe than, I don't know, whoever his stupid daughter is and taken. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
Uh, you're coming in smooth now, so we should be awesome. You're coming in smooth. Ooh, baby. For those keeping score at home, uh, go ahead and write down how many hot dogs you think are left. If you wrote half a hot dog, you win. <laughs> uh, yeah, they don't have the show that I do. But, you know, they get it in one sense, at least, which I think is the important part. They don't get to watch a man drinking beer and eating hot dogs in a closet. <laughs> don't worry, I'm not doing much better. <laughs> oh, no, I, I feel amazing. I mean, I'm very sweaty, but that's not the beer or hot dogs fault. I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt and the weather just doesn't call for that. I'm, I'm going to fire this thing off in a second. Amazing. Now. I am very uh, excited for this week's story, for this week's road sodas, the main meat. The main soda. Now, when, when I was looking at our list of, of, of stories that we got uh, written down, it didn't occur to me until I'd already gotten pumped about it that I realized that uh, so many of what we've done so far has been 2013. I think this is the last of it. This is also chronologically the first of the 2013 stories because it occurs at the very beginning of, of the year. I'm going to have to go ahead and disagree with you. We got some more 2013 stories in there. Do we? Dude, we we haven't even covered moving into this apartment that I'm sitting in right now. Oh, yeah. yeah like That's a good point. And that was September. And then there was like a Thanksgiving and a Christmas that year. I, I don't know, man. That's fair. I spoke. To, I spoke way too soon. But... I didn't realize how dense of a goddamn year that was. Because, I mean, we already titled one 2013 Year of the Dude. We're going to have to, we'll have the greatest hits eventually. But, uh, the subject of this one comes, I don't know, fucking <coughs> nice. Fucking January, February, wintertime, Boston, 2013, Winter Storm Nemo. It's one of the one of them uh, nor'easters, but in wintertime, so it gave us a lot. Yeah, that might have been the first time I was ever aware they named winter storms. Like, everyone knows they named hurricanes. Like, they've been doing that yeah. forever. Well, I mean, they, they didn't do that in the 70s, because they, they always talked about Blizzard of 78. Ooh, the Blizzard of 78. Yeah, that, that storm, I don't know. It fucked shit up for, like, a day, maybe. But people were still driving. The tea still worked. It was Boston. You just you just get through it. Yeah, it was a it was a bad one, but it wasn't like a city shut down one. It was just like a city city slow down a bit kind of one. Which which for Boston still still takes quite a bit. They're they're obviously very prepared for snow. Well, after this whole quarantine thing, I think it's going to be pretty easy to just to say to your employees, work from home and actually get shit done. Like yeah, <laughs> this isn't actually a day off anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and so uh, the initial night. Of the storm, we have uh, we have supplies, we have uh, we have uh, the roommates, we have each other. I think it it was like a Friday, right? I believe it was the weekend. I believe it was a perfectly timed storm. If if you're like not in school or something, oh yeah, horrifically timed. If you're trying to get like a school day off, but it, again, it was kind of one of those storms where you, you might have gotten one day off. That'd be it. Yeah. Not where we're from. This would shut shit down for like two weeks. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure you remember it, but there were times uh, in like elementary and middle school where they would shut down schools because there might be snow, and then there wouldn't be snow, 
And so now you're just home, but you can't play with your friends because all the parents are like, yeah, but it might snow. And if it snows two inches, we're all, we're all stuck. We're all going to die. I didn't buy bread and milk and water at the grocery store. God damn it. Gotta get the bread and milk. And so, uh, yeah, so the snow, the snow's, we, 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 we got the crew, we've got booze. Yeah, I think I was wearing a pea coat and had uh, one of those inside pockets in it and uh, kept at least a flask or, not, if not larger, bottle of Fireball whiskey, which I guess I decided to have for dinner. Yeah, you were in rare form, which we will, which we will get into. We decided there was a field behind the stop and shop nearby. Field might be a generous term, but there was a, an area of grass. It was a grass. grassy hill. Yeah. We would occasionally get drunk and play croquet on it. It was knolly. It could we could classify it as a grass knoll. Absolutely. I'd be a second gunman on that thing. And we were like, that's the biggest non car related area around, and it's got enough of a of a slope that we can do some butt sledding. I'm in the drunk suit. Absolutely. Possibly the uh panda bear ski mask. That sounds about right. Who, who can who who can say? And the whole group of us trudge up there. It was a few blocks, but not far. Drinking, carousing, snowball fighting, probably tackling each other into fluffy snowbanks from time to time. Because that's back when I was a real uh, wrestling son of a gun. Yeah, we were we were pretty riled up that. Well, I was definitely riled up that day. Not really sure why, but Fireball Whiskey can't endorse it enough. If you want one of the worst hangovers you've ever had, Fireball Whiskey. If you want to jazz something up, but at the same time still be trashy, Fireball Whiskey. Fireball Whiskey. It doesn't come in a can. Oh, man. How about that? Uh, <laughs> Is that? Yep. There you go. But yeah, so we get up there and we continue uh, wrestling, and, uh, but now we add butt sledding. So I don't think we brought anything to actually act as a sled. I think we just sort of body sled. Yeah. I think my move, the hill was steep enough that you could just kind of jump out and then slide Yeah, for a while, as long as you didn't mind snow getting up whatever whatever exposed limb was out or hole. That's the advantage of the drunk suit. You are sealed up tight as a drum. Yeah, I think I went with the uh, the old peacoat and the Soviet hat. That's what, I remember wearing that Soviet hat a lot that winter. Yeah, that hat got some great use. <laughs> And then, you know, after a a couple hours of that, we decide that that's enough. And we start to head back. And you're kind of still wrestling. Yeah. And Pop was like, all right, I'll I'll stay back with with Jimbo and the rest of you guys. We'll meet meet the rest of you back at the apartments. The rest of us head back and shake off the snow, hang up the gear, probably start heating up some food, you know, something classy like dinosaur-shaped nuggets out of the freezer or something and just kind of get in the apartment, you know, toasty warm. And you guys are taking a while. And we were like, huh, I hope they're okay. And then eventually you guys basically come wrestling in through the door. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That sounds like me. That sounds like me that weekend. Uh, And pop was like, I got him. I got him. (laughs) (laughs) He almost got hit by a car. Yeah. I mean, I was drunk, but I definitely wasn't hammered. But I think that's the only... T- I still think that's the only night I've ever seen you throw up. Huh. Yeah. I, I, I definitely throw up a lot. 
I'm not I'm not going to say the last time I did, but it was in a kitchen sink. I was not prepared. Hell yeah. I feel like you're I mean you're you're a, a kind and uh generous gregarious fella. And so I think when you when it is time to puke, well, with the exception of this aforementioned kitchen sink situation, you're usually, you know, in the toilet, probably clean up a mess. That'd be my guess. This time, at the time, you were just staying on the couch. So you you were in your room. And we looked over, we were watching TV at one point, we look over, and you were just kind of talking, and then just threw up on the front of yourself, <laughs> and then just kept talking. Huh. It was a good time. Yeah. You were fine. You were like, nah, I'm good. I'm all right. <laughs> one of us got your bowl. You didn't need it. You you know, you were good. It, it wasn't much vomit. And uh, the next day, you know, probably hung over, but no worse for wear. That doesn't really sound like me. I probably wouldn't have been hungover in my early 20s. I only started really getting those like once once I hit 27. Yeah, you'd mentioned the bad hangover when you were doing your your fireball plugs earlier, so I didn't know if you'd actually had one. No, my 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 real one was was later when I turned 27 actually. CP kept feeding me shots of fireball. Mm. It was it was awful. Oh, here we go. Here it comes. There it is. Oh, that was the play-by-play of the shirt going off. It's out of here. Fucking fire that shit out of here. But so yeah, you couldn't have a uh, you couldn't have a hangover because we had some business to get to. We had pre-planned with a couple of our buddies who I, I think they'd maybe maybe one of them had seen like one episode of Band of Brothers, but you know the other one had definitely seen none of it. Our friend Dan had never seen anything in his entire life. He was only like two years younger than us, but he somehow had, he, you know, he listened to hip hop. He, he, he knew, he knew hip hop, but he could, had consumed no other media in like his 21 years of life. It's probably because he didn't spend as much time on couches as we loved to. Probably. And still do. <laughs> yes. And then through now, I still watch Band of Brothers probably once every other, eh, probably once every six months. <laughs> it's comfort food. I have no idea why. I am not. I'm, I'm not particularly fond of the military. I am not fond of Steven Spielberg. I mean, I, mean, I have nothing against Steven Spielberg. Uh, you know. No, it's a great series. It's I, good. I strongly recommend it. It's fun. It's mostly fun because all the dudes with like fake accents are just yelling at each other and trying to be like Americans from the 40s. And we're supposed to believe that Donnie Wahlberg is in like his mid 20s at the beginning of that series and he's definitely like 40. Yeah. That's why they give him a facial injury. Yeah. By the end of the series, I think he's supposed to be like 31. <laughs> he's just like still at like a roughly 10 years older than that. But yeah, so we decided with these two fellas we were gonna watch all a band of brothers uh, in in one in one day in one sitting, which is roughly. I thought it was two. I I thought we wanted to see how far we could get on Saturday. Oh, okay. Regardless, it's roughly eleven hours. It's ten episodes. I think comes out to like ten and a half, eleven hours of of content. You really don't have to pay attention to the the tenth episode, though. They stop no, fighting. The war's no. over. Yeah, uh, spoilers. Sorry, sorry. Spoilers. Oh, yeah. People might not have known. We win World War II in this one. In this one. But at what cost? <laughs> uh, in order to continue to convince these these two fuckerinos to come watch this thing, 
uh, we were like, all right, the public transit's largely shut down. Neither of you live near us, but we will we will meet you both halfway, and we will pick up needed supplies along the way, and then we'll all come back. We'll make it an adventure, and we'll watch Band of Brothers, and that'll be that. And so... I had decided to meet the front man of my of my band from uh, from the last episode at the halfway point from where he lived, which was Hyde Park. So I walked down to I think the Forest Hill Station, which is like a it's a it's a couple of miles I think. But I mean, he also walked a couple of miles. And you went to go get Dan, yeah, who was Alston, I think. Sounds about right. A shorter walk, <laughs> for sure. Not by much. Yeah. Yeah, so this was this was our only point of the weekend where our, our path our, our path split up. But like any good epic like epic adventure series, our heroes must be must be separated by either a door that has slammed shut or one of them swivels behind a bookcase. And our bookcase swivel was friends living in opposite directions. And so I headed, I guess. Uh, who can say what direction it is? Who gives a fuck? I'm gonna go north. South southwest. <laughs> I I. Uh, on the walk there, I stumbled upon a van. It's it's the morning. Pe- people are walking around. I think I saw one of the larger buses driving by, but it was going real slow and having a time of it. I came upon a van that was trying to get out with a couple people shoving. So, you know, everyone kind of comes over and helps shove the van out. And other than that, pretty uneventful walk on the way out. I was, I was uh, listening to some tunes on uh, my Microsoft Zune MP3 player, which was the second one. I ever owned because oh what a great product yeah the first one got stolen little did I know that this one would be the second of four that I would own over my I, I think I can cap that number I don't think I'll be getting any more at this point how many do you think Bill Gates owned do you think he owned more or less students than you I mean technically you owned them all at one point but do you think he kept any I'm gonna go less I feel like Bill Gates owned an iPod <laughs> it's it's a better product iTunes sucks ass. Like and subscribe and leave comments for us on iTunes, by the way. iTunes sucks ass, and I uh, just liked going against, uh, I liked being a contrarian. So I got, I got, I'm bopping along, listen to tunes, get to the station, meet up with Eric. We do a quick about face. We walk back, we buy some beer at the non-Alston-based Blanchards, and continue on, and we're walking right in front of the VA hospital. We're in the home stretch. We can practically see the apartment and wouldn't you know it with a backpack full of beer i slip on some fresh ice right on my butt and you know kind of just land in a seated position legs out in front of me but largely upright kind of thanks to the backpack some weight hits the backpack but that's fine eric helps me up we continue on our way and upon our arrival back to the apartment i discover that in the process of falling down one of the beers has cracked open so we've lost one beer but and more more tragically all that beer stayed in my backpack, and we lost one Zune. Ooh. Yep. Two of four. It really set the tone for Band of Brothers about, you know, losing a fellow adventurer that was that you were close with and had had some times. But also, you know, a new guy that you knew you were going to have fun with, but you just didn't get the opportunity to have those those good times. Well, the replacements never last long. It's true. That was my break-off adventure. My break-off adventure... I guess if you went north, I'll, I'll say I went south. Because <laughs> cause why not? Uh, so I was I was headed up towards Alston through Brookline. And got to say, I got the 
if if they tell these tales in the same chapter, I got like the either the first paragraph or the last paragraph, and that's that's pretty much it. Because I had Dan Somerville's number, and just he texted me. I texted him. I was like, "What side of the street are you on?" Once I got to Coolidge Corner, he's like, "I'm on the other side." So I started looking for him, and I saw him after like a minute. I was like, "Cool, all right." Then we went to Stop and Shop and got you know garbage food. It was just plastic foil bags of either chips or pretzels or munchies, which is chips and pretzels. Ah, yeah. And yeah, we had the easy part. And then we were already on the way back once we came back from Stop and Shop. I guess my making up for the shorter distance to get Dan is all the time we spent in Stop and Shop walking around looking at the food. If there's one consolation takeaway here, it's it's that we got our steps in. Yeah, it's definitely easier to buy beer than it is to buy food. So we meet back up at the house, and honestly, the rest of this, we could end in one quick sentence of, we watched Band of Brothers and ate some food, and it was a good time. But like, I want to try to convey, the. I mean, it was, it was just a, a stuck-indoors weekend that still had a bunch of outdoor time already under the belts. So you, we, you know, we felt productive. We just had the TV on constantly with the lights off and i want to say maybe i made some pulled pork in a crock pot i think we went across the street to jose's pizza probably got some pizza and empanadas ah buffalo mozzarella sticks yeah what a classic combination pizza empanadas and buffalo mozzarella sticks just like mom used to make (laughs) yeah yeah it was sort of that classic like hot couch guy situation where we just had a very hot couch and recliner and just a bunch of fellas kind of lying on everything watching other fellas lying on everything blowing shit up and yeah we 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 drank and caroused and who knows maybe there was more wrestling hard to say it would have been indoors not outdoors you know i want to i want to say here actually uh it wasn't band of brothers that we watched it was the pacific you know how how much better that that one is right i've actually never seen it <laughs> I've seen the I've seen the first ten minutes like like three times, and I'm just like I'm already I'm already pretty sure this is not nearly as good. Yeah, I usually get like an episode and a half in, and I'm like nah, nah. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't even know what it is about Band of Brothers that makes me like it. Cause it's well done. It is well done, and a lot of those act uh, well, a few of those actors I recognize from like Guy Ritchie movies, because a lot of those Americans are actually British actors. And then, you know, it's very funny to see Colin Hanks show up halfway through. That's 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 always funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. The, the leadoff with David Schwimmer. That's the best. Oh, fuck. David Schwimmer coming in hot at the beginning in full whiny Ross mode. And you're like, uh, oh, my God, this series cannot get any worse. I have I have Ross yelling at me for boot camp. Like, holy shit. And sure enough. They hate him enough to to kick him out of the series, basically. Yeah, but then Big Dick Ron Livingston really carries that first episode for us, so we make it through. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. It's just, uh, I will say something weird that happened was anybody listening who listens to podcasts will will probably know the podcast I'm talking about. But there's a, a host of another podcast who is, ex- I think, exactly a week younger than me. He's from Maryland. I found out he watches Band of Brothers roughly once or twice a year. 
Uh, he does carpentry in his apartment. He's also got like a touchy dad situation. I don't know. It's just one of those like the the hits just kept on coming when I was first listening to it, and I was like, "Holy fuck, we overlap quite a bit." Wait, did I make this? <laughs> yeah, is this me? Yeah, he's uh, massively successful. So there's there's the big. Uh, well, he still lives in an apartment and does carpentry in that, and probably listens to Clutch. I hope he listens to Clutch. It's his it's his goddamn <laughs> civic duty. Robot Lords of Tokyo. Smile, taste kittens. <laughs> the government told me to do the hokey pokey. One of those lines is a clutch line. One of them is made up. I know which one, but I ain't gonna say. I know you do. But yeah, that, uh... What's your favorite episode of the band? Band of Brothers. Ooh. Um... Honestly, the first one slaps. Like... Maybe not the first time you watch it, because you're just like, God damn it, am I going to have to like David Schwimmer in this? Like, Do I have to force it? But then when you realize that he's the heel, and you're supposed to not like him, and the added benefit that, spoiler alert, nobody dies in the first episode because it's boot camp, it really doesn't get all that heavy. So that's a good one. And then uh, Taking of Foy. Is that episode four? Uh, no, that's that's later. That's it's like No, uh, I'm sorry, not Foy. Uh, Karen Tan. Yeah. That's three, three or four, yeah. Yeah, three. Yeah, no, Foy. That's the, like the climax of the series because you've got that long ass Bastone episode that I guess is necessary for the for the full arc of the series. I'm just, we're just getting into the weeds now. It's necessary for the arc. Well, because you show because you show so many sides of that battle. You have the medic who has the love interest with the nurse who's like a Belgian lady. Then you have Donnie Wahlberg for some reason holding holding everything together. Ah, what what a great and terrible storyline for for one of the the best battles in in World War Two. Yeah. What about you? What's your favorite? I go Carantan, Honestly, yeah. It's it's like all action. Yeah. And then a little bit of a guy going blind, but like all straight action. Yeah. There's also like that one's got that and the boot camp one have the best humorous bits to kind of lighten it up <laughs> yeah there's the uh in the boot camp in the, in the first episode when uh the dude's doing his impression of <laughs> yeah. uh of the commander at that point of uh, i guess he's like is he a captain no he's got to be above that probably a colonel or some shit but anyway he's doing the that's funny and then when luds is doing that and then and then in Caratan again uh, it's it's luds um the guy's just like where is everybody and he's like i have no idea i don't know <laughs> That one's in Keratin, yeah? Yeah, it's in the middle of a gun battle, but it's just a pretty funny line. Yep. Ah, well. Oh, and another funny line from that is when uh, the fucking other, like, the intelligence officer guy is like, uh, Lieutenant Winters, is it safe to cross? And there's, like, nothing going on. And he kind of looks around confused, and he's like, what? He's like, is it safe to cross? We need to move the men, the injured. And he's like, uh, yeah. And then he kind of, like, frowns at, uh... Ron Livingston and like, a, can you believe this fucking guy kind of a way? And then he walks off and then like 10 seconds later, Lieutenant Winters talks to a guy on a horse and then he gets shot in the leg. Yeah, I think the order may have been horse, Irish guy, and then ricochet. Oh, in, horses into... first. Yeah. Okay. Because he was just standing in the middle of the street and the guy on the horse came up and he was like, hey, we got north side of town, you got south side of town, cool. And then rode off, comically. And then, yeah, the the, the Irish sergeant was like, Ugh. I'm hiding in the cloisters. So the Germans. 
Yeah. It's a good episode. And that's like the first, I don't know, 15 minutes maybe. And, you know, in in place of all of that is is a ton of gunfire and uh, explosions, which is really what I'm about. Like, I, you know, I, I appreciate the military. I study military history sometimes, as one does from a, you know, couch in an apartment surrounded by South Park and, and other things that, that are more interesting. But it's really when I'm watching something on film, like it has to have explosions. It has to do something that I don't see every day in real life. It's usually gunfire and explosions. We'd like to thank our sponsor of this week's episode, HBO's Band of Brothers. Bet you didn't think Colin Hanks was going to show up halfway through. Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers? Bet you didn't think that the British guy who says, Gun for show, knife for a pro, in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels was going to show up and play an American. Well, he does. Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers. How many people from Office Space do you think can be in one miniseries? Band of Brothers, where the main character is an Australian guy, but Ben won't find that out for a few years later. I think I just found that out now. Oh, yeah. Winners is fucking Australian. I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, But I did. It took me like 10 years. Because I think I got that like the first Christmas it was available on DVD. Yeah. Yeah. I think I got drunk and stole that from a party and felt really bad about it. And then promptly watched it (laughs) two times a year. Oh, I've worn the DVDs out on those twice. I'm on my third set. But I bought this one. Yeah. Well, that's the safe play. Yeah. Kids, if you're listening at home, please stream from wherever. Download whatever. Torrent. The Pirate Bay is a great place. Just not for us anymore. But yeah, I think that does it for the the main meat for this for this week's road sodas. Yeah, we definitely didn't help them back to their residences like we did not return the favor on the way back we stayed in our the apartment and watched them leave oh yeah well you know how snow melts instantly in boston famously it doesn't last for months yeah and it's not like they pile it up in spots where people try to walk or drive or you know survive yeah so we sent well we knew that they had to go home we knew that they didn't have to come over so you go and help with the part they don't have to do and then when it's like all right well you I know you got to get home, but I'm not going, so have fun. Ugh, love those. Friendship. Yeah, man. What a good weekend. What a what a good snowstorm to to only fuck up weekend stuff. Yeah. And turned it into, you know, like a great little uh, couch ride. Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of continued the tradition of uh, couching it up on a snow day, which, which I don't think is unique. I think the only thing that's unique for what we did was after that, and I believe this is 100% your idea, and good on you for it, the first snow day, or the first big snowstorm of the year, we would watch The Shining and The Thing. Yeah, that's your snowed-in movies. Classics. And then Out Cold, if, uh, if you're feeling cheeky and you're still up. Out Cold, we would watch a lot of the time. Just <laughs> <laughs> It was in the rotation. Yeah, you're right. I saw Out Cold so many times before I ever saw Casablanca. <laughs> and for those of you who haven't seen Out Cold a fucking hundred times, they reference Casablanca a lot. It It's the same movie, just done worse. And I knew that because I worked at Blockbuster and had had to, you know, you learn about, I mean, I probably would have learned about, Casablanca's an incredibly famous movie. Obviously, I probably would have heard about the lines anyway. 
but maybe not. I, I, I kept wondering what other lines that I'm not aware of from Casablanca are in Out Cold. And so uh, Reagan sat me down a couple years back. We watched it. Pause for Motorcycle. Thank you, Motorcycle. And uh, she sat me down and we watched it. And I got to say, I prefer Out Cold. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, of course. Out Cold's, of course you do. Out Cold's way better. Yeah. I'll take a London over Bogart any day. The violent London or the non-violent London? Don't they both have problems or is it just one of them? I thought only one of them. And it was like, you know, he like robbed a drugstore or something. It wasn't like. How do you know it was not the other one? Now we're talking. The old frame job. Now we're talking. Because that guy's like, I have an alibi. And the, the twin's like, no, that's my alibi. Like, stop doing this. I'm Spartacus. <laughs> you are Spartacus. Oh man, you uh, you smell that? I think I do. Ugh. Is that a segment on the wind? Yeah, yeah, it smells cheesy. Is that a cheesy segment coming in? Is it? I don't know. You got anything? I don't. I don't have anything prepared. Let's see. I can probably rustle something up. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't write any initials this week because I don't know anymore child runaways who joined the union army well i do but their careers weren't as stellar as johnny club last week's chief of the week chief of the week let's see uh (laughs) all right last week's chief of the week this week's chief of the week no no no. (laughs) i got one i don't know how good it's gonna be so i'm trying to think of other shit oh you know what i'm gonna go with scott wyland i'm gonna go with uh Brinkman's vertical smoker as this week's poorly designed piece of shit of the week. Poorly designed piece of shit of the week. P D O S O T W. So this past Sunday, I uh, stumbled upon eight and a half pounds of ribs and decided, you know what these need is a good smoking. Because as we all know, hey, 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 hey. Smoke pork every day. You got that right, man. And you, I, I mean, you had just been in St. Louis, right? I had just been in St. Louis. It was just like, oh, I got to smoke something. Come on. I was, go- I was going to buy some ribs, and the only ones that were available were St. Louis style, which means they they trimmed the ends off of them already. So cards on the table. I'd never smoked anything before. I mean, I've grilled things, but I'd never used a smoker. And this smoker we, we collected from uh, from my wife's parents' place. Uh, we believe her dad used it one time. There were some uh, burnt ashes in the bottom bowl. And so I didn't really know how to use it. I'm definitely a read the instructions guy. And uh, so there weren't any. And I couldn't find anything about it online it, because it looks like they did a, they only sold this thing for a couple of months. and They did a full overhaul. And so the main problem is in the bottom of the smoker, normally you got a bowl of coals. You got a basket of coals, I should say, and then above that, a small bowl of water right below the meat, and then the meat at the top. And in this design, huge bowl of water down right above the the bowl for the coals, and the bowl had no holes in it, which means no air is getting to the coals. And so the, the, the thermometer at the top by the meat was at like 100 degrees for the first like 45 minutes. And I was like, that's not, that's not good. And so... I'm doing a bunch of fucking Googling in the backyard. Got eight pounds of meat slowly, you know, needing to get cooked. So I dumped the coals onto onto a grill that we have because they're, they're lit and hot. 
and uh, flip the bowl over and I busted out the old barbecue drill, start punching a bunch of holes in the bottom of the bowl and put everything back in and that that helps but it's not great and then I see oh you want the water right up below the meat not down by the coals so I move the water up I remove some water I end up taking the coals back out punching bigger holes in it but the biggest drill bit I had was a three-eighths and all this is to say that after a bunch of modifications we eventually get it up to about 210 degrees which is still about 15 shy of what we wanted and so they got smoked for like six hours, which should have fully cooked them. But then I finished them on the grill. So still delicious. Everything worked. It just uh, wasn't exactly a uh, a glamorous or uh, or smooth sailing. And that's why Brinkman's Vertical Smoker gets poorly designed piece of shit of the week or whatever I said at the beginning. Ah, uh, you you nailed it. Yeah. Whatever I said. At the beginning. Barbecue drill. Yeah, but now we got a barbecue drill, which is good. That's the important thing. That's what makes life worth living. Yeah. Yeah. Ha. That's quite a chief. The anti-chief. Yeah, that's the anti-chief. Which, I mean, normally chiefs are anti-chiefs, usually anyway, so. Well, this reality is still a lie, so. (laughs) Makes sense. Let's see where we at. Ah, we're co- yeah, we're coming in right around the end time there. Kind of nailed it again. Are you putting a pitch count on us? We can keep going. We can go along. No, I don't really have much unless you want to talk about Band of Brothers more. No, I think we've uh, plugged our sponsor quite enough. HBO, uh, we waiting. I guess AT&T technically since they own uh, HBO. Be waiting on that check. Yeah, I guess my one specific gripe with the Pacific <laughs> is there's a scene where there's a kid driving, uh, but it, you know it, it's very clearly movie driving where they have the projection in the back, and he is just bus driver in the wheel, just I turning and swerving all over this road. Love it, love it. I I hated that. I was like, kid, you're an actor in an HBO miniseries. Like, grab the wheel steady. Like, pretend like you're driving. It's like fucking uh, Elmo driving a car in Sesame Street. Yeah. Do you not drive? Like, what? (laughs) Or is that your character? Your character is just an idiot and an asshole. Could be. Could have been a decision. Well, it would have made sense with that series. You got to find your light. Also, you know, I don't think Japanese come across as well on the big screen, man. Because it was just us and them on islands. We were, like, liberating European villages, but the Japanese, it was just us killing each other on an island. Like, Yeah, it doesn't seem as, uh, it's hard to romanticize that. Well, I mean, my grandpappy did it. Oh, yeah, grandpappy. Yeah, he also killed an alligator in Florida, so if you're out there, gators, uh, offspring, go get that guy with the yingling shirt. Hunt him down. Don't be scared by the name. It's not that John McClane. And then bring us the shirt, too. Or at least wear it and get your picture taken. I hope in some weird twist he hears this somehow. <laughs> the gator? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For all I know, John McClane is a gator. Uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll sign off as we normally do. Follow us on Instagram at Pod. Email us at roadsodaspod at gmail.com. Send us in some... Uh, some, cor- some correspondence. You stop having to hear the weird shit we write to each other. Yeah, how hot is where you're recording? Because it's hot here. And uh, please let us know like the temperature because our thermostat is in the 90s. And it- this is like near midnight right now.
Yeah, hit us with Kelvin, centigrade, whatever you need. We've seen that... Uh, Celsius, if you understand Celsius. Yeah, a strange amount of the listeners are from uh, Ireland and France, which is cool. I think Ireland uses Celsius. Who knows? Who can say? They probably don't say it that way. They probably uh, spell it with an extra couple of AEs and like some silent LBs. Yeah, and some of those uh, dots and accents above and below the letters. Yeah, but most importantly, uh, recommend this to your friends or our friends. If you're one of our many friends who doesn't have social media, or better yet, if you're a friend of one of our friends who doesn't have social media, which there are a lot of, I'm not texting people to let them know about this. I got other stuff to do, like rewatch Band of Brothers. So just let them know. You need something to fall asleep to? You're doing a long-distance drive and tired of not hearing Ben? Don't want to call him up because maybe he's watching Band of Brothers? Don't want to call up James because maybe Jeopardy's on and you kind of forget what time zone Jeopardy comes on. Now, is it still on during the lockdown? Who can? But you don't want to interrupt Jeopardy. So just throw this on. It's just as good. You trying to fold laundry? We can help. I agree. That's my pitch. Jeopardy's been off since April. Man, it's been rough. God damn it. Well, ha- and it's on 730 over here. So 430 your time. Excellent. Hang in there. You all hang in there. I love you. James, and I love you, dear listener. And I think James has some final words to take us out. Yeah, those final words are, uh, go fuck yourself. God fuck us, everyone.